All right, let's turn to the Word of God, Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31 in the Word of God. Let's start there, Deuteronomy 31. And we'll read verses 1 through 8, Deuteronomy 31. Say this in the Word of God. Deuteronomy 31, verse 1 says, And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel, and he said unto them, I am an hundred and twenty years old this day. I can do no more. I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord has said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee, and he will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee, as the Lord has said. And the Lord shall do unto them as he did to Sihon, and to Og, kings of the Amorites, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that ye may do unto them according unto all the commandments which I have commanded you. Verse 6, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Verse 7, And Moses called unto Joshua, and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of a good courage. For thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them. Thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Let's pray again. Father, again, Lord, we just uh, thank you for being a good God. Uh, Lord, uh, we can say God is good. And Lord, we thank you for that no matter what's going on in our life. Uh, dear God, you're worthy of our praise, you're worthy of our honor. Uh, dear God, you're worthy of our service. And Lord, we want to be faithful servants of the living God. And Lord, we do want to still be excited after all these years. We still want to be excited about what you did in our life, Lord God, what you began in our life that moment, uh, dear God, that we trusted in you. And Lord, I pray if there's somebody here, somebody listening that's not saved, that today they would have that moment uh, in their life today. Lord, that they would turn to you and allow you to save them and wash away their sins through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and give them eternal life, dear God, and birth them into the family of God. So, Lord, uh, we confess, Lord, we need you today. And, Lord, I pray we desire you today. Lord, we do pray for those that are traveling. We think of uh, uh, David and others that uh, might be traveling. Lord, please watch over them. We thank you again, as been mentioned. Lord, those that you brought back safely and watched over. Lord, again, we pray uh, for those with the physical needs. Again, we think of uh, Sister uh, Sarah. We think of the sick in uh, the Veracruz family. We think of Sister Baruch and the baby and uh, others that have need this morning. Lord, we think of uh, Sister Sherry and her family. We think of uh, her brother uh, Bob this morning. Dear God, your great grace uh, with him. And uh, Lord, I'm so glad, Lord, that we know through your word uh, dear God, there's a future, an eternal future to look forward to, a, a regathering together, uh, dear God, with the people of God. And so, Lord, we th thank you for that. We can rest in that, Lord God, and Lord, that we have that hope today. Now, again, help us, guide us, teach us, grow us, Lord, through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So as uh, we uh, look uh, uh, here uh, uh, today, uh, you see that uh, thought in a few places we'll look at where it says, of a good courage. So I want to look at this thought about being a Christian of courage, a Christian of 
courage. Of course, we just celebrated the 4th of July, and no doubt we would agree our founding fathers showed great and good courage uh, when they stepped out and signed the Declaration of Independence. And of course, and swore their loyalty and all they were and all they had for the founding of the country we have the privilege of uh, living in today. And so again, as we mentioned, can we do less uh, towards our eternal country than they were willing to do for a temporary country? John Hancock, we said this, and everybody remembers his name, right? His is the bigness on there. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the reasons he signed it so big, I guess one of his foes wore glasses, right? And he said, well, I don't want him to, in case he loses his glasses, basically is what he said, in case he loses his glasses, right? I don't want him to need his spectacles. I still want him to be able to read my uh, signature, right? So he was bold about it. And uh, that's uh, how we need to be in signing our name, amen, uh, to the things of God. Like you say, you find that blank piece of paper and just put your big John Hancock on there and say, Lord, amen, you fill it out, amen. I've signed the declaration. But he made this statement. I like it. Uh, uh, during that time, he said, we must be unanimous. There must be no pulling different ways. We must hang together, whether that's literally or illustratively, right? He said, we're going to hang, hang together. And so we could say that today, amen? We as Christians, right, as believers, as a church, we must be unanimous in what we believe. We must be unanimous in our willingness to stand for what's right, uh, amen? Whether we hang together, whether that just means hanging out together or one day hang together, uh, however Lord chooses uh, uh, to allow that to unfold, we'll trust him with it. But uh, let me give you a thought on courage. Courage enables one to do the right thing. Amen. Courage enables one to do the right thing, whether it's based upon duty, whether it's based upon proper convictions, which you don't hear that word anymore, convictions, right? We need to have biblical convictions, whether it's based on proper convictions or honor or character or loyalty, among other things. And uh, doing that and standing up for what's right, despite any hardships, despite any consequences and such, which is like our our forefathers did uh, in this uh, country, right? They didn't care what the consequences were. They made their decision, and we need to do the same. I think in the New Testament, we find a a good verse uh, that might give us a good definition of what courage might be, 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Well, that's a good verse for you to highlight, 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Uh, Paul gave this admonition here in 1 Corinthians 16, 13. He said, watch ye, stand fast in the faith. And look at this statement, quit ye like men, be strong. Now, I like that. He said, quit ye like men, right? And uh, uh, boy, I tell you what, if there's a time that we need men in our country, right, you know, uh, uh, I tell you, society's trying to, to, to wimpify uh, uh, our, our men. We need to quit ye like men. I like that one place over there where uh, uh, they're getting ready to, to, to go into war. And Joab, Joab, right? He says, right, uh, uh, you know, let us uh, uh, fight for our country. And let it, he, says, he's, he makes a statement, let us play the men for our country or for our people. I like that statement. Let us play the men. For our people, and so we need to we need to play the man, if you will. We need to play the Christian, if you will, right? Uh, for our people and for our country. But that statement, "quit ye like men," that word means to behave oneself with the wisdom and courage of a strong Christian man, or a strong Christian person, right? It means again to behave oneself with wisdom and courage. 
of a strong Christian man, as opposed to a babe or child in Christ, because that's what he deals with a lot in uh, uh, Corinthians, right there, 1 Corinthians, about them still being his babes and such, right? And so he finishes up, right? You need to quiet like man. You need to use wisdom and have courage like a strong Christian man and stand on your convictions. So, of course, here in Deuteronomy 31, we see they're getting ready to what? They're getting ready to enter new territory, right? They're getting ready to enter new territory, getting ready to cross over. And boy, as, as we look at things going on in our country, uh, we as Christians are what? We're entering new territory, uh, if you will. These last few years, we've been entering some new territory. With every, everything going on in our country today, right, we're entering new territory as believers. And it's more evident than ever in America that we need to be Christians of courage. Christians of courage. We face challenges in society. We see that. Uh, challenges in the home with, uh, uh, you know, what society is teaching our children. We face uh, uh, challenges. You see what's going on in the schools. We're facing challenges there. And even in the quote-unquote Christian community, uh, right? You know, how many times you go by a, a sign on, a, on the church, right? And it says, now... It, you got to understand, you know, of course, of course, we welcome everybody. As a church, we welcome everybody. Everybody that comes through that door, we welcome. But see, they're saying it in a different way. They're saying, hey, we welcome you, and we welcome your lifestyle, and we welcome your sin, right? No, we welcome everybody, right? We care about everybody. God loves everybody. We're to love everybody, right? But that doesn't mean, right, uh, we don't uh, stand against the things we need to stand against, even though we would do anything uh, uh, that uh, we could to help any. So uh, as we look about what's going on, I want to make it clear, and as I've said before, uh, really, we haven't suffered serious persecution in this. I mean, let's just get that right, like we're suffering some great persecution compared to what's going on in other countries. We haven't suffered serious persecution yet in this country, not physically, but we know if things begin to unfold as they will, that one day that potential could be there. If not for our generation to the next generation, Lord might have mercy on our generation. But we don't need to take that lightly that it might be the next generation. You know, it's kind of sad a couple times in the Bible where God brings, uh, tells the king or the leader that he's going to bring judgment, right? And then he says, oh, but not in your generation. It's going to be for your sons. And the guy sort of goes, Whoosh. Well, at least I'm glad I get to live out the rest of my life. <laughs> That's pretty bad, isn't it? Well, I hate to tell you this, son. You're going to have it rough. But, hey, as long as I'm alive, it's all good. Well, that's kind, of, that's kind of a rough thing to say to your kids, isn't it? Oh, no, listen, uh, I want to pray for my generation. I want to pray for my kids and, and the grandkids, too. I want it to go well for everybody, right? So we know the potential is there. But I want to, I want to make this statement. I'm not a fear monger, right? And we do, I'm, hey, I'm going to say we have a lot of that going on in pulpits today fear-mongering, right? And uh, I'm not a, 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 a conspiracy pusher. And you know what? Unfortunately, we have a lot of that going on in pulpits uh, today too. But having said that, I'm not a fear-monger or a conspiracy uh, pusher. I do want to be realistic. We do have to be realistic, right? We should not be as uh, ostriches. Now, I know they really don't do this. This is a saying, right? 
So don't nobody come out. I don't want any kids coming to me. Oh, hey, did you know ostriches really don't bury their head in the sand? It's a saying, right? We don't want to be like ostriches with our head buried in the sand, acting like there's nothing going on, like there's not a real world out there. But what we do want to be, we want to be strong believers with our head buried in the Bible. Amen. We don't want to be like the ostriches, as they say, having his head buried in the sand and acting like nothing's going on, because some people do that. Oh, no, 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 don't tell me about it. I don't want to hear about it, right? You know, oh, no, no, we need to hear about it. We need to know about it so we know how to pray about it and do something about it as believers. So we do need to be strong believers with our head buried in the Bible and preparing ourselves for what is going on around us, amen? And so thank the Lord that we have assurances for such times, right, that help us be Christians of courage, of course, we know we have God's promises to stand on. Amen? Again, I'm so uh, thankful that God uh, gave us uh, his word. Boy, it's sad how many, you know, you travel, how many people out there uh, in this world don't have a copy of the word of God. We're very, we're, 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 we need to be very thankful in our country that we have uh, the, the word of God. And so we know we have his promises to stand on. We know he have his presence to lean on. We say, notice verse 3, the Lord our God, he will go over with thee. Right there it is. Verse 6, be strong and of a good courage, fear not, nor be afraid, for the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He's going to go before us. He's going to go with us. Amen. I like verse 8, as he told Joshua, and he it is. He it is. Amen. Hey, I'm glad it's him and not another, right? The Bible says this same Jesus is the one to come back. This same Jesus and not another. Amen. I'm glad he it is that don't go with me. He's not sending somebody else, right? What's it say there in that song, Day by Day, right? He's made, he's made, us, he's made uh, 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 himself responsible for us, that song says. I like the way it says it there. But he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. And I like, I'm glad it says will. I like every time I see the word will. Because everybody says God's able, but I just don't want to know he's able. I want to know that he will, amen, <laughs> that he will be with us. We have that assurance. Romans 8, 31, we see some things in the New Testament. Romans 8, 31 says, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? We need to remember that. 1 John 4, 4, ye are of God. Aren't you glad this morning? Amen. Ye are of God. Give me one second here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this up for sister here. Let's see, I want to make sure. I know we, we cut those trees down, and uh, we cut those trees down, and it's been hotter. And so you got to remember, it's pulling the heat uh, from the outside. So if it gets a little bit warmer in here, I'm used to setting on a certain thing but we don't have the shade that we used to have. So if it gets warmer here, let me know. I want to make sure I turn that on for you. So uh, uh, getting back here, verse John 4, 4, he says, You're of God, little children, and have overcome them. And we need to remember that. We have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And he is not just individuals, but he is anything that you will face, amen, in this world. He is greater, and he will give you what you need, amen, uh, during that time. So we have God's promises to stand on. We have God's presence to lean on. We have God's power to trust on. Look at verse 3. I like the way it, it, it says that, right? And it says, the Lord thy God, he will go before thee, and he will destroy 
uh, these nations. He will destroy these nations. And God wants to destroy our enemies. So here's a good note. God has already destroyed our greatest enemies. Isn't that a great thing? Now think about that. If he's already taken care of our greatest enemies, anything else is a lesser enemy. Amen? So how much more if he can handle the, uh, the big things, he can take care of the rest of these things too. Uh, let me give you some good verses. Hebrews 2.14 says this, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that hath the power of death, that is the devil. Amen? He destroyed it. First John 3, 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So we know what, what uh, uh, it says over there in the Word of God. Oh, death, amen. <laughs> where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? It's been swallowed up, Amen. Christ has already won the victory in those areas. So thank the Lord he has destroyed some of our enemies already. But here's something we need to remember as we face things in this life, as we face challenges in this life, as we seek to be a Christian of courage in this life. When we face other enemies in this life, amen, some he will destroy right away. Now, some he's already destroyed. And then sometimes he'll take care of things uh, right away. He'll destroy them right then. He'll take care of that need right there. But, you know, some it may be years. Some it may be years. I think of my friends that were persecuted under uh, communism, you know, and for years they endured those things. And some people are still enduring those persecutions in other nations. And then you know what? Others he may not deal with till he makes a new heaven and a new earth. Hey, some of these enemies are going to be around, amen, until God uh, burns this place up, amen, and gives a new heaven and a new earth. But here's the thing. His timing is up to him. His timing is up to him. We have read the end of the book, right? Thank God. We know how it ends, but the reality is we still have to live a real life down here until all those things happen. But no matter what he chooses, no matter what he chooses to do, we need to go ahead and choose what we're going to do in such times. We are going to be Christians of courage in the moment. Of course, we see some great examples of that in Daniel. Uh, turn over to, uh, to, to Daniel. You, you, you could probably quote these verses, but I just love the way they say these things in these verses. Of course, we know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 3.16. Notice uh, uh, how, they, how they word what they say here, you know, about the fiery furnace and all that goes on there. But notice how they, they word this in, in Daniel 3.16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, now here they are talking to the most powerful man in the world, right? Hey, you know, that'd be like somebody walking and saying, hey, listen here, Mr. President, let me tell you a, a, a thing or two. We are not careful to answer thee in this matter. In other words, hey, they knew exactly what they were saying. Their words were chosen. Their words were chosen, right? They weren't under stress and emotion right at. No, they knew what they were saying. In, this, in that statement, here's what they're basically saying. King, listen, we're not under any obligation to prove anything to you concerning our God or ourselves, right? Right? 
Hey, we don't need to prove anything to you about how powerful our God is. We don't need to prove anything to you about, uh, about us. We're not careful. Amen. We know exactly what we're saying here. So listen up to what we're about to say. Verse 17. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery burst. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Now, they didn't know if it was going to be immediate or later, but they knew eventually it would be delivered. And we know that. Hey, we don't know if it's going to be immediate or take some time or when he's going to do it, but we know, amen, one day we will be delivered. But I'll let, look at verse 18. But if not, you see, they trusted him. They didn't know if it was going to be immediate deliverance and they'd never have to go into that fire. They didn't know what was going to happen, but you know what? It didn't matter. All that, that was up to God. Hey, whatever God chooses to do is up to him. But we have to decide what we're going to do in this situation, and we're going to trust him. But, be, but if not, I'll be it known to thee, O king, we will not. We will not. Boy, that's, amen, that is showing courage right there. And that's the way we need to be, amen, when, 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 uh, they, when, they, come, when they come against us, right, when they're, when they're mocking us. Boy, I, I, I saw some, uh, uh, some posts re recently from uh, uh, just some uh, wicked sin out there, and, and they, they just mock, amen, about their sin. They just, they, they're just in your face with it, right? They're just in your face about their sin, right? Listen, we need to be in their face about truth, but in the right spirit and, and, and care for them. But listen, we need to have, have courage. He says, we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Amen. Thank God for such courage. Daniel 6.10, we know this. Now, when Daniel knew the writing was signed, he went into his house. You know this, at his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled down upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God. Hey, when he knew... He said, oh, hey, let them pass whatever laws they're going to pass. And that's the attitude we need to have today. We, we, we hate to see these laws being passed in our country. We hate to see these things being done in our country. But, hey, what, let them do what they're going to do. That's not going to change what I'm going to do. That's not going to change what we're going to do as Christians. It's not going to change what we're going to do as believers. But here's the good thing. If we face such things one day... Thank God he's already given us promises that he's going to be there with us. Luke 12, 11 and 12, the Lord said this, And when they bring you up unto the synagogues and unto the magistrates and powers, take ye no thought or what thing ye shall answer or what ye shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. I believe that's what happened with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? I don't think they said, well, they're going to be coming to get us soon. Let's see if we can get a, a statement together, right? You know, he didn't, they, 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 they didn't need a, a PR guy, right? They didn't say, listen, we're going to go up there. The Lord will show us what to say at that time. And the Lord will give us what we need to do and what we need to say at that time. We see that example in the New Testament with the disciples. Acts 4, 18 and 19. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than God, judge you. Well, what do you think we ought to do? We think we ought to listen to you or God. Huh? What do you think about that? Really, I don't care what you think about that because I already told you what I think about that, right? Ver, uh, Acts 5, 29. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. And that's the stand we need to take. You know, uh, again, I've said it before, all this stuff going on, people say, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? We say, well, I'm going to do the right thing. 
That's all. I mean, just do the right. That's all you got to focus on. When the right thing to do, as I've said before, is listen to your government and do all that, do the right thing. But if it ever comes down to the right thing is taking a biblical stand and a stand for God and having to go against what they say, well, then you know what? We're going to do the right thing. Just whatever the situation, say, God, give me wisdom. What's the right thing according to your word? What's the right thing, amen, as your spirit would guide me? So it is not that we will not face dangers and other things that cause fear. Hey, you know, it's not that they weren't moments of fear, but that's what courage does. Courage overrides the emotion, amen? We don't, we don't run on emotion. We stand on our conviction. We stand on our principles. We stand for what's right. But the thing is, we've already purposed we're going to do the right thing. You see, it comes down to this. We can, we can, the reason we can stand and face the enemy on the outside, the reason we can stand and deal with the battle on the outside is because we've already won the battle on the inside. We've already got that settled on the inside like we saw with them, right? Uh, we see that again with Daniel and Nehemiah. We know Daniel went eight, but Daniel what? He purposed in his heart that he would not. So at the beginning, he'd already purposed that he would not. So years later... Right? He said, you know what? I haven't changed my mind. I'm still not going to. Shadrach, Meshach, they purposed when they were young, right? Young people, they purposed when they were your age that they would not. So, you know, when they were 17, they purposed they would not, and they didn't change their mind. So when they were 37, they still would not because, it's, well, I haven't changed my mind about that. Don't plan on changing my mind, amen? I'm still sticking with what's right. They purpose in heart that he would not defile himself, amen? And children, you need a purpose in your heart. You're not going to defile yourself with the things of the world. I like what, turn over to Nehemiah chapter 6. I love uh, uh, what Nehemiah says here. Remember when they're trying to get him to compromise? I know we, we preached on that before. They tried to get Nehemiah to compromise in Nehemiah 6. What's he say? For they made, Nehemiah 6, 9 says, For they made all of us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work, that it be not done. See, they tried to make their hands weak. They tried to make them afraid. But what they do, they pray. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Strengthen my hands. And go down to verse 11. I like what Nehemiah says. And he said, such a man as I flee, who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Well, I like that statement. Should such a man as, I don't think he's being prideful. He's being boastful. Being as I am, he said, hey, uh, uh, so, so, such a man as I flee, hey, uh, somebody, amen, who, who's been saved by the grace of God, we might say it this way for us today, so, so, such a one as I flee, we should say that about ourselves as Christians, hey, when, when, when these things come, so, such a one as I flee, so, such a believer as I flee, one who's been saved by the grace of God, one who God's been so good to, amen, uh, one who God, amen, has saved my soul and he's given me eternal life and he gave his life for me. Boy, when I look, amen, what Jesus Christ has done for me, when I look at all that I am in Jesus Christ, when I look at all that he has promised, should what such a man as I flee in times of danger, should such a one as I flee in the times of fear, should such a one as I not stand for what's right, no matter where this country goes, no matter what happens in the world, should such a one as I flee, amen, what a good example he says. And we need to say that, amen, come what may in this world, come what may in this country, come what may in this society, we should all say, such, such a one as I flee. You know, you hear a lot of people talk about, you know, during the war, some fled to Canada, or, or if this person gets voted in, they're going to they're, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna leave uh, 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 the, the country and all that uh, uh, stuff like that. Hey, such, such a one as I flee, 
That's what we need to say. Oh, no, uh-uh. No, the country needs people like us. The church needs people like us. Even when things are going on in the church, we need to say, hey, uh, the church needs people like us to stand and do real night. I will not flee. I will not, amen, uh, fear. I will not give in. You see, so listen, we, we can be Christians of courage because one, amen, we can face the battle on the outside because we've already won the battle on the inside. We've purposed we're going to do right. We've purposed we're going to do right. Another thing, hey, sometimes, again, uh, uh, the battle isn't on the outside. Boy, sometimes the battle can slip about doing the right thing even among members, even among the church. You know, courage is saying when faced with difficult choices, with difficult circumstances, even if they're, they're, they're ethical or moral or spiritual, we purpose, I'm not going to smooth this thing over. I'm going to do the right thing. Boy, churches are guilty of that. Something comes up in the church or uh, somebody messes up in the church, and what do they do? They, 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 they send that person off or they just hush that. No, uh-uh. We say, no, we're going to do the right thing. I'm not going to smooth it over. I'm going to deal with it correctly. Paul showed courage. And challenge the believers to show courage, amen, when dealing with sin in the church at Cor- of Corinth. 1 Corinthians 5, 1, he said, It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication is not so much as been named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. And what did he say to do with him? Verse 5, To deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Verse 11, he said this, But now I have written unto you to keep company, right? Not to keep company, but now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother, that is called a brother, be a fornicator, or covetous, or an adulterer, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortion. He's talking about Christians there. If a Christian does this, if a Christian does this, if they call themselves a Christian and they do this, what? With such a one, no, not to eat. He says, listen, uh, uh, the world, he tells us to be harder on people that call themselves Christians that do it than the world that does it. You know, if the world's out there, we go out there, we try to have a, 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 some compassion. But then we say, hey, you're calling yourself a believer. You say you know the word of God, and you're still uh, getting caught up on this stuff. Something's not right, right? And we need to deal with it properly and show biblical courage, just like Paul did there. We need to deal with this thing biblically. That takes the emotion out of it. You know, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the emotion, especially, uh, you know, if you, you know, you meet somebody and man, you, you, you've had a good relationship with them or they've been a friend or they maybe they had an influence in your life before. But all of a sudden uh, they've they've messed up, you know, and boy, that thing you say, well, no, we, we, what, what, what does the Bible tell us to do? What is the Lord leading us to do? That takes the emotion out of it, right? Because we're not focused on how we feel about it. We're focused on how he feels about it, amen, and the way he wants us to deal with it according to the word of God. That'll give us the courage we need to be a Christian of courage in that situation. Next, if we will be a Christian of courage, amen, we can be an example not only to the lost but to other believers as well. So remember this, courage is contagious, 
Courage is contagious. We see a couple examples of that in the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 18.37, we know the story about Elijah going up on the mountain in uh, Mount Carmel. We'll just read a couple verses. 1, Corinthians 8, 1 Kings 18.37. 1 Kings 18.37 says, uh, Elijah says, Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then in verse 38, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice of the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And look what happens in verse 39. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their face and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Amen. Elijah stood up there and he was a courageous. Amen. Amen. And because he stood there for God and did right, amen, his courageousness was contagious. Amen. And it brought revival to his country. Another example of that is Paul. Remember when Paul was in jail, amen, but he was courageous. Philippians 1.12 says this. Philippians 1.12, Paul said, But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto what? The furtherance of the gospel. Verse 13, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all their places. In verse 14, Philippians 1, he says this, and many of the brethren, and many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident, how? By my bonds. Because he was courageous, amen? Word got out about how courageous he was, even in his situation. And his courageousness, amen, become contagious to the other believers. And it says, they waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Why? Because Paul took a courageous stand, even in that situation. He encouraged others, amen, to be courageous in what they were facing. So a good thought here is this. You know, because a lot of times we think as believers, right, we want to be there and encourage one another. But not only do we need to encourage one another, we also need to be willing to encourage one another. Amen. I don't know if that's good English. Amen. We'll straighten me out later on that. But, but amen, like I say, ain't good English, but it's good preaching. Amen. So listen, not only do we need to be there to encourage one another, but when tough times come, we need to be there to encourage one another. Amen. And uh, set uh, the example, amen, that we might stay unanimous, right? That we might stay unanimous as uh, John Hancock uh, challenged those. Help us to be there to encourage one another, not just encourage one another. So as we finish up, let us purpose, amen, with all that we are, with all that we have, that in this generation, amen, that in this generation and for this generation, in this generation and for this generation, we're going to be Christians of courage. Christians of courage. I'm going to challenge you today if you're here or listening and you're not saved, right? We ask you, amen, you can show courage today. You can show courage today by saying, hey, I'm tired of my sin. I'm tired of this life. I'm tired of being lost, amen. And I want to show courage, amen, by coming forward and accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And so uh, as, as, as we uh, think about uh, what's going ahead and the things we're facing, say, Lord, in this day and age, in this generation, for this generation, Lord God, help me to show Christian courage, to be a Christian of courage and not to, to, to back down. That doesn't mean when you go to work, you're kicking in the door and 
hey, hey, you're all going to hell. Now, that works pretty good when you're in the infantry. Yeah, and I sort of like that kind of, but, you know, but I wouldn't recommend uh, doing that when you go to, to church, amen. Not, not that you don't, nothing wrong with letting them know that, but amen. But it, 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 in the right spirit, you know, uh, 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 being, being strong, you know. I mean, you know, sometimes you, you have to uh, 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 be that way. I remember uh, working one time, I was working for, uh, actually, I was working for AT&T. And, uh, and uh, uh, somebody was doing something, and I made a statement, and they didn't like the statement I made. And so the, my supervisor called me into the office and said, uh, uh, Stuart, you can't be talking like that around here. I said, what do you mean I can't be talking like that around here? I said, these people come in every Monday and talk about all the wickedness they've been doing over the weekend. I said, I try to mind my own business. I try to be a witness to people. I do my job. But if you think I'm going to walk around here, that's what I told my supervisor. And I wasn't trying to be disrespectful, but I was just telling him. I said, if you think I'm going to walk around here like a dog with my tail between my legs, I said, you can forget it. Because I'm going to stand for what I believe. When people are up in my face, I want to have the right spirit, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to back down. Because I still have to stand, amen, for what's right, no matter. Just be who you are, where you are, amen. That doesn't mean, again, you mistreat me with that, but when push comes to shove, amen, like I said, Pete, I said, you can push me as much as you want until my back's up against the Word of God. But once my back hits the Word of God, all bets are off, amen. We're not going any further. We're going to ask God to give us the ability to be a Christian of courage when we need to be. Let's pray.